Hi, welcome to Geek and Sassy. My name is Jennifer Smith. I'm here with the wonderful and beautiful Miranda. How you doing, Miranda? I'm good, but you know, if you call me beautiful so much, it's eventually going to go to my head, I think. Well, it should. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's like, I think it's just like the perfect way to like start the podcast. You know what I'm saying? It makes you happy. It makes me happy. It makes everybody happy. You should compliment your friends when you mean it. I agree So, why not? You are also beautiful, and I'm not saying that like after the fact, but you are beautiful. We're all beautiful, and how you doing? What's been going on? Um, I think I complained about school projects last time, so I won't complain about them again other than to say, like, for the love of God, space them out. <laughs> Dear teachers, for the love of God. They're trying to get it all in before the holidays. I I know, and I also understand, that, like, we're at a grade level where... Um, you know, he's always switched classes. The way our school system does it, they've always switched classes. But for the most part, you only switch, like, between two teachers or between three teachers. And they all coordinate together through the day. Like, hey, I'm going to be doing this writing project. Mm-hmm. So then, like, the, the math part won't do a big math anything at that time because they know that their reading English teacher is doing a big thing. Mm-hmm. Now you have, we have six different teachers. And all six teachers have had some sort of, let's see, so he has had multiple performances lately with his one, um, with choir, and they're a grade, so you must show up, you must participate, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that. He took art as well, um, and they've had multiple, like, art projects that they've been doing. And then he's had two or three now, three different projects in science, and he has had two for English. Now um, they are doing the, I guess they're trying to get everybody involved in the spelling bee. He absolutely hates the spelling bee. Mm-hmm. I think you and I have talked about this on here before. Mm-hmm. But his English teacher was like, for everyone who participates, I'll give you 20 points. So you basically get a 20 out of 20 grade just as extra. So like almost like getting an extra 100 just as if you participate. You don't have to win. You don't have to make it past the first round. Nothing. Now, if you go to a certain level, he's giving those kids even higher, but it's like extra credit. So you don't have to do it, but we're trying to convince Kaden that it wouldn't hurt. So we're practicing for the spelling bee, and then he has had that major project that's like a four-part project for history that will finally turn in Tuesday. Bless your heart. And I'm just like, you're. they're in seventh grade. They know that parents still have to help with these. Like, mm-hmm. these are not... Yeah. So I just wish they would space them out further. That's all. What is the, like, a percentage amount of the things that you do versus what he does? Um, so for this, like, the science project, there was a lot of hot gluing. Mm-hmm. I'm not letting him do that. <laughs> He's my child. I'm very clumsy, therefore. Um, but actually, I make him do the majority of it. I proofread if it's something that um, is going to be graded on, like, grammar and accuracy Mm -hmm. and I'll be like read that sentence again and he'll be like nope sounds perfect to me and I'm like read it one more time like I give him the opportunity and if he's adamant like nope it's perfect sentence then I don't want it to sound like I did write it Mm -hmm. so I leave it but I like make sure there's periods capitalizations things like that Mm -hmm. um making sure it's completed the slideshows that he has to do I do look over them and say hey you know according to the rules you left a uh, you know you left one out or you're, you're one too many or so, honestly, I'd say it's a good AD 20 with me doing 20% of the work. That's pretty good. Because my, my mom 
depending on what it was, she was the same way. So mm-hmm. mine too. Yeah, I didn't. I don't draw. My child can draw, and I don't. So if it was something that required drawing, my mom did the majority of it. <laughs> yeah, I can't draw either. I can't draw, but so yeah. Welp. Um, a couple things that I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, you probably noticed that we have a new theme song. And that was given to us. Well, actually, I mean, we paid for it, but um, we got a a really good deal and opportunity. And someone came to us like we didn't we had talked. We've talked, actually, for the whole three years that we've been doing this Mm -hmm. about getting our own theme song. Um, We've had some people spit ideas at us that we like we didn't hate them, but we were like, just don't feel like that's it. Like we wanted to hear it and be like, that's it. Um, and we wanted original. And we had someone contact us and say, hey, I can write, I can do, or compose, rather, I can compose a theme song for your podcast. Would you be interested? And I really like it. You know, I thought it turned out um, really catchy and upbeat, and um, I think it fits us. What do you think? I really like it a lot. What was his info? Just so we so, can kind of pimp him out a little bit. Yeah, and we'll start doing this at, like, the end of each show, too. Just as a reminder, like, our music is brought to you by. Because um, we can say that now. I feel like it's, like, we're so professional. <laughs> Not that we were before, but I think it's, like, an added layer of. Um, so our really awesome producer slash composer um, to our music here is um, Noah Britton. He, you can find him on um, pretty much all the social medias at Noah Britton and on NoahBritton.com. Sweet. So check him out. And the other thing I want to mention today is that I started just like kind of on a whim, um, a little um, Jenny Position store on mm-hmm. Public. So um, look for the link on the Facebook page and Twitter. Um, and I'm sure you can put it up on Instagram too. Yeah, I'll um, put it on the Instagram. And we're looking at other. If you're, if you go to T Public and you're like, I don't know, like we're looking at other sources that will allow us to upload uh, logos from Jenny Position and Geek and Sassy, and any other shows that have their own logos or will be getting their own logo. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can purchase some merch. It's I fair, don't remember. Like, it's fairly basic. I mean, yeah, it really like, is. But no more expensive than, yeah, and it's not super expensive either. It's like right. if you bought much from anybody. And then, because um, I know people are going to be like, well, what's the kickback? I want to say on some of these, we get none. And then on others, it would basically just be for us to be able to not have to pay hosting fees out of our pocket anymore. Right. <laughs> really. Um. <laughs> yeah, Widget says go buy some shit. Yeah. Widget told you so. Um, but, like, the stickers are really cute. I like those a lot. I might just buy, like, a bulk of those and give them away or give them out or whatever. I say um, wait briefly. Just for reasons. Okay. Reasons. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, anyway. reason for, like, giveaways or something, though, like... To get interaction, like maybe we could have winners of our stickers. And stickers are very yeah. versatile because you can turn them into magnets or just use it as a sticker. Or mm-hmm. yeah, and it's cute. And we already it's had one sale already today, so that was good. Sweet. Thank it you. wasn't me. It wasn't you, right? <laughs> no, you didn't it wasn't do- me. I know who it was. Thank you, sir. 
Um, so anyway, we're going to be talking reads, streams, and downloads tonight. Yeah. Are you ready? I think I am. I don't have that much, but I have some. Like, I've been watching, like, I, I've just been bouncing around a lot, watching a lot of wrestling, honestly, and um, never finishing anything. I feel like I get started on so many things and I never finish them. Like, I need some sort of intervention. Um, I've been watching less TV and reading more books and listening to more podcasts than I have been doing anything. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of that. You know, we finished, um, we, I wrote a challenge, I guess wrote, planned mm-hmm. to something, a challenge for Place to Be Nation, um, our friendly friend feed, I guess, mm-hmm. is that, I was trying to like, how do you word that? Anyway. Friends with <laughs> benefits. Yeah, our friends with benefits feed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, we just finished the... 31 Nights of Halloween, and I feel like I did a lot of watching stuff for that. I did, too. Uh, you know, and I I love TV. I enjoy TV. It's a space. It's a safe space. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But I feel like because I did so much of it, and, like, it was almost like, it wasn't mandated. I'm the one that created this thing, so I broke rules <laughs> along the way. I even put on social media, like, hey, it's my challenge. I'm going to do what I want. Uh, <laughs> But I feel like because I did that so much throughout the month of October, like, I've just hit this, like, and, you know, I do this every now and then. Where I'm like, TV, I love you, but I just need a break from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Well, um, I will start then with a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Um, and it does, honestly, I don't know if I mentioned this last time we talked did I talk about Haunted? I feel like I kind of did, but I honestly couldn't remember. I feel like you and I have talked about it, but I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast. So I say, worst case scenario, we've already done it. All right. And we're just showing how much you love it. There you go. So it's a show called Haunted on Netflix. And the more I talk, the more I feel like I did mention it. But anyway, whatever. I feel like you possibly did too, but keep on going. Um, because I don't think you had finished it. Yeah, and I still haven't. <laughs> Oh, okay. But you're further into it. Well, anyway, fuck that show if I already talked about it. Um, I don't truly remember. I, I don't either. <laughs> I feel horrible now that I don't I can't remember. ask Alexa that. You know, last time we were asking Alexa questions, <laughs> I cannot ask her that. She does not know. So. Oh, oh, I'm such an idiot. Anyway, briefly, Haunted is pretty cool because it's, um, it's like each episode is about 30-ish minutes and it's a person telling their real-life haunted story. And Okay, no, I don't remember you talking about this. You don't? Okay, because I feel like I did, but anyway. Um, Maybe you did, but I'm going to say tell me again, Jenny. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've already heard this, just skip. All right. Uh, so it's... Um, it's this person, this one person that like sits down with like maybe like four or five of their friends and family and tells them this haunted thing that has happened to them. And, um, they're, they're real. Allegedly. Like sometimes I get the feeling. If you, if you believe, then you, it would be a person that would say, this is real. If you don't, you'd be like, uh, maybe. No, no. Well, I'm that. Yes. But also I get the feeling that these people are actors instead of being real people. But then again, 
I think it's one of those like actor portrayal situations where it's no, real stories. No, because it's them. Oh. Like they're sitting in there looking at their people and like telling them this is what happened to me. And oh, okay. And and like a lot of times it does feel like super real, but then sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I I can't tell. It's really weird. Like I'll have to watch it and see what I think. Yeah, tell me what you think because the stories are just fucking horrific. Like, like. The first one, this guy had been haunted by this uh, woman in white since he was a little child. And then as he's telling the stories, well, as, you know, the people tell their stories, they do do actor portrayals of what happened to them. So it's it's interspersed. um, Yeah, like that. (laughs) Sorry, I think I just channeled my inner Dan from Real Life Ghost Stories there. And I'm like, (laughs) stop, stop, stop. I mean, is there were some really, really creepy stories on there, and I, I really thought it was interesting the way that they had them sit with their friends and family and tell them, you know, what happened to them. Because, like, on this one, um, it was super emotional, and everybody was in tears, and um, that's what made me think like it was really real. But then I'm like, I don't know. Like, you should send this over to them and tell them say because you know um, they. They do reviews of movies for horror movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you should send them this and be like, "Look, it's not legit. It's not actually a horror movie, but like, I'd love your guys' take on this. I want to see how creeped out he that. would be." Yeah, um, <laughs> that sounds so mean. Because this one story was um, about this chick, and she lived with her parents in like upstate New York, and it was like kind of isolated. It was in the seventies, and she. Her parents were serial killers, and oh, dear Jesus. they would go out and get what they called strays and then bring them back <gasps> and murder them. And, like, she saw some things happen sometimes, and she would see those people, and then they would be gone. Like, it would be done. And then, Did she have, like, did those people then haunt their house? No, but there like, was an entity that did haunt that house. Um, because she, yeah, she had a lot, she details all of her experiences there. And then, um, her sister's son ended up inheriting the house after the grandfather died. And no, I think I'd be like, fuck this shit. I'm out. This, this house is getting sold and is not Mm -hmm. staying in the family. I want nothing to do with this. Like it was very, very creepy because he had all these experiences in the house too. And he didn't know that. His grandfather was a serial killer, but he did feel like he was being groomed because he would like take him hunting and like show him how to dress down animals and talk in to like him. a creepy way. Because yeah. I, I was gonna say I went hunting with my dad and and dressed it and dressed like deer. No, but he would like, like go go off on all, all these like um like everybody's just meat, you know, like nobody oh matters and everybody's oh just, like he felt like he was being groomed and it, it's like. He got away with it. And, like, the mother was in on it, too. The mother was in on killing the people. And, it was, like, it was... Right. It was just amazing. Like, I, I was... Like this is one of those bad juju things. Yeah. Like... It was... God. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, it creeped me out, for sure. And then there was... I think probably the one that was the creepiest um, was about a girl that met a group of friends. Um, like, I think... 
but right like young college age. So they mm-hmm. all decided to move into this house together. And then they were haunted by a mimic. So they would hear their roommates' voices and stuff, and they would be calling to them, but nobody else would be in the house. Or, um, like, this one girl had it, like, really bad. Like, um, the mimic came to one of her roommates as her and, like, tried to seduce him, like, proposition him. And then as he's making... Because, like, she had a boyfriend, but he was kind of into her. Um, So she's like, you know, we could hook up or whatever. And he's like uh okay so they start making out and then as they're making out she like starts morphing into these other people and like this demon looking thing and it was terrifying and the guy was in the little session when they were talking about it and he was like he left that house that night and he never fucking went back he's like i've been traumatized since the day that that happened to me and i think i would too i'm just gonna be honest like i think i'd yeah i don't know that i could get over that and so she stayed in the house for a while, and then the, she tells this horrific story, and, like, they do it in the little the little actor portrayals or whatever, and, the like, the CGI on this creature that they concocted it is fucking horrifying. Like, it, I, I was like, okay, okay, I'm pretty brave. Like, I, I can watch most things, and then... Oh, my God, if it scared Jenny, I don't know that I can do it. After I'd I watched that, like... I was like, fuck, maybe I need to watch something else for a little bit. It's kind of rough. But yeah, it's interesting. Oh. interesting. Oh. Um, I'm by myself right now. Like, <laughs> maybe you don't a, need to watch it then. <laughs> no, like I'm sitting here thinking, like, is this something that I watch when I don't have Jerry? Like, mm-hmm. I think probably not. Probably not. But like, I, and something that I mean, I just it's that same sort of thing that that we both like about real life ghost stories. The podcast is. Like, this shit, like, legit happened to these people. You know, these are their, like, stories. In in my mind, I do choose to believe that these this is real. Because it does feel pretty real um, when you're listening to them talk. And um, hmm. so it's just that, that, like, you could see how they are affected by it. And, like, it it ruins, like, people's lives. Like, they're just, like, if you're haunted by something or if you have this experience, like... You don't go back from it. Like you just have to endure it. And no, you really don't. Fascinating. Like, the mimic story is really interesting because yeah. mimic is not your typical um, it's different. Like haunting, mm-hmm. it's, it's not your most common that you hear about. And to me, that would be like kind of the worst. Like because if you, I don't know, it can trick you, right? It can. Right. I don't know if it's worse to live with parents who are serial killers and then, like, the house be haunted, or if it's worse to be haunted by a mimic. Like, I really don't know. Right yeah, now. I don't want to have to choose between those two, but... I... No. I'm good. I am totally okay. At least nobody died in the mimic, mimic situation, and... That, well, you know, that's true. Or was groomed to... Trying to be groomed to be a serial killer. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Ugh. Okay, sorry. I'm going to creep myself out. Well, keeping in with the creep uh, factor, I guess. uh, I've been watching Creep Show on Shudder, the reboot um, that they did. And it's an anthology series. um, So each episode is different. Um, You can watch, you know, in any order or whatever. But uh, 
it's really good. Like the, their little short um, stories, like two short stories per episode. Um, so quick watches. I think I'd like that. Yeah. It, yeah, it's pretty good. Like, and, and they're just like little. I mean, they're nothing nearly to me as creepy as the haunted stories, um, but they're really good, like really entertaining and well done. Um, Greg Nicotero, who worked on Walking Dead and all that stuff, like he's famous in horror. Um, he is the one making these. So I just, I really like them. Little, I, I'm just really into these, um, like, short story anthology type series right now. I think I like them too because in a lot of ways, you know, we mentioned earlier how I hit lulls of like, I'm not interested in new TV. Mm-hmm. And I think with anthologies, you could watch one because you're like, well, I want to watch a little TV, but I really right. don't want to get vested in something. Yeah. And then the story is over. Yeah. Like it's not a two hour movie, but the story is over. And I think that's appealing to me right now because, like I said, I feel like I can't finish anything. So right now I'm just like, it doesn't take as much to to, to investment to right. watch this. You know, it's 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 a quick hit and it's what I need. You know, it's anyway, it's like a quickie. <laughs> just I hit like- the high spot and get it over with. <laughs> uh, so um. many analogies that could be for right there. So many. Just saying. Just saying. Um, and then something cute to kind of cut through some of the horror that I've talked about. I actually just found this today, and I feel like I did kind of know it was a thing, but I forgot maybe. But okay. Netflix has um, Green Eggs and Ham, a cartoon series now. Yeah, it just came out this week. Yeah, this yeah. I, I knew it was pretty recent. Um, and I really, when I watched a little commercial, it had really cool animation style that, I, I, that I liked. And so I ended up watching like six episodes this morning while I was doing stuff. Um, it was really, really cute. And the voice casting for that. Who all is in it? I, I meant oh, to look it up. It's like a list of all lists. All right. Noisy keyboard for a second. Yeah. Um, but sorry. No, no, that like gaming keyboard. It's like, clack, 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 clack. but you think to yourself, like, how did how do they make it like a series out of Green Eggs and Ham, the book? You know, it's like that seems unlikely, but it's really, really super clever the way that they've integrated what you know about that book. Like, I mean, because right. most people know that book, and it's it's just really, really, really like well done and cute little jokes in there like i kept giggling to myself at just little things yeah i love when a kid show can do that Me where too. as an adult you still find satisfaction in it um yeah so you have diane keaton eddie izzard michael douglas david diggs adam divine jillian bell keegan michael key mm-hmm. tracy morgan i knew uh, tracy morgan was in there yeah there's distinct voices that you're like oh i know that one yeah. um some of the other ones are like people you would know their face, not their name, basically. Mm-hmm. But those are like, I mean, that's a lot already. Um, but it's really like, you know, I would say if you have kids, watch it. But like, I mean, you don't even have to have kids to watch it. I just think it's, I just think it's really cute. And um Ethan was like, what are you doing? Why are you watching this show? I'm like, that's I don't know. Funny. I like it. Yeah, I think that's what happened when we were watching. You and I watched um, Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, it's like that. It's exactly and they were like, like what that. are you? 
what are you doing? And we're like, shush, we're watching TV. <laughs> That's what we're doing. And I, I think it's just really because I, um, like I said, I really like that animation style. And I wanted to see what kind of story they could come up with um, out of something sort of like basic. Like Green Eggs mm-hmm. and Ham and I thought they did a really good job. So, right, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you actually sit down with the book, it's way longer than you ever remember it being. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is true. But at the same time, you're like, how are they going to make a series out of this? So, yeah, they did a good job. I liked it. They have. All right. What kinds of things have you been streaming lately? Anything? Um, so I have. Um, is going to see a movie that would you think that would qualify into our read streams and downloads? I was going to ask you the same thing because I saw a movie tonight and I was going to talk about it. So oh, then I say we we both should because right. I um I haven't heard anybody wanting that else has gone and seen this and like wants to record like a full episode with me. Um, but maybe someone will. But I got the privilege to go to a special viewing of I like war era stuff. Me like, too. Love it, love it, love it. I'm here for it. So I got to, um, Kaden and I got to go to a special showing of Midway. Ooh, how was that? Where they had army historians before, the, they had um, like artifacts there mm-hmm. on like display for you to check out. They had historians that did like a brief rundown of like what was the Battle of the Midway. Like we're not going to spoil, we're not going to tell you about this, this, and this because it's in the movie, even though it's like a real thing and you can look it up anywhere. Mm-hmm. But like told us about the Battle of the Midway, the part that they played in the movie. Um, because what I hate more than anything in this world is watching a military movie, especially if I'm watching it with Jerry, and they do something that would not be accurate. Mm -hmm. And him to be like, ugh. Like, the whole, it will ruin the whole two-hour movie for him because, I mean, and and I kind of get it, especially, like, being part of this culture, you know, especially if there's, like, a certain airplane that they wouldn't jump out of or, like, you couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And he's always like, Ugh, and I'm done because, like, that is not even how that would work. Mm-hmm. Um, I get really ticked off from, like, when they involve, like, their, if there's spouses in the movie and there's family and the family and spouses are like, well, we blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't because you can't do that. That's not how that works. Like, <laughs> it's things like that. So I was really impressed to see that we had people from the military, locally from the Army, here at Rucker that had input and went in and said, no, that would not be that color. Mm, you should probably do this, like that kind of ordeal. Hmm, that's cool. So it was pretty fascinating. The movie was gut-wrenchingly phenomenal. I'm not trying to use big words on purpose, but like it is a depiction of a real battle. And they don't hide that. Hmm. Um there are bodies. There is death. Um, it was horribly beautiful, if that makes any sense. Well, you know, most good war movies kind of are. Right. I mean, the Battle of the Midway kind of changed everything for the war in the Pacific mm-hmm. at that time. Um, it was, like, very pivotal in, like us winning it was a part of our retaliation of the bombing of you know of like pearl harbor and and all of that stuff um and to see how it was planned out and honestly i'm phenomenally blown away like i did not know too much about the role of the code breakers in the military Mm -hmm. and to see them at work which your main um code breaker was played by patrick wilson Mm mm-hmm 
and he is amazing. And these are all based on real people, too. So, like, at the end of the movie, they come back and tell you about ones that didn't pass mm-hmm. <laughs> during the, the battle. Um, but they lead you up to seeing both sides. So you see the Japanese side of planning for the Battle of Midway and how it was decided that that's what they, where they were attacking. And you see the American side or how they discovered that that's where Japanese were going to attack. Interesting. And it's very good. You see some part of their home life and how this affected their home life. Um, the, li- the cast list is just, like, blew me away. Um, you have Woody Harrelson, of course I mentioned Patrick Wilson, Luke Evans, Mandy Moore, Dennis Quaid, Aaron Eckhart, um, Nick Jonas, Darren Chris. How was Nick Jonas? He was amazing, actually. Hmm. I won't, yeah, he, but he did a really good job with the part that they gave him. Um, and he has an accent, and I mean, I'm, I thought he did a really good job. I didn't hear anybody complaining. But like, every time you turn around, there's another face where you're like, oh my god, oh my god. Um, That's a very interesting cast for a war movie. You know what I mean? Like, maybe more? Yeah. She is the wife of, uh, I, I can't say his last name. I'm really bad at it. I'm going to attempt to. But it was played by Ed Skirin. Skirin? Mm-hmm. S-K-R-E-I-N. I'm usually the one that's good at pronouncing the name. <laughs> Not today. Um, he was Ajax in Deadpool. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, he's highly attractive in this yeah, movie to me. I don't know if it's because he's, like, in a uniform. and he's He is... He exemplifies Billy badass pilot of Navy pilot. Like he is like, it's impressive, uh, especially like the man in general that was, uh, he plays Dick Best. Mm-hmm. So it makes you like really impressed with like the guy that is Dick Best. Like Dick like, Best is quite Dick a Best. fucking name. Yes. So Mandy Moore plays his wife and she looks phenomenal with some victory roles. Yeah, I, yeah, I did pulled, notice that. I think the skin tone, and I think she pulled it off, like, super amazingly well. Yeah, it was phenomenal. If you like military movies or history movies, um, I definitely recommend it. It was, I had moments where I was crying. Like, it made my chest physically hurt mm-hmm. at moments because like i said um they give you i mean truth so at the end of the movie they go through the people that lived and made it through it and they're like this is what this one did and and it was like this is how many people were killed in total and it was oh it was it was rough right rough um they did show a preview before though for a new military movie coming out called 1971 um, Caden halfway through the preview for that looked at me and said, I do not want to go see that. <laughs> I assume um, that's about Vietnam. Yeah. No. No? Yeah, it was 1971, I think. Um, it's basically the story of, why can't I find it now? So, um, it's basically the story, I guess, um, they, one group has gotten like bad intel. She's telling somebody off. She sure it's, is. Really, like, going to irritate me in a moment. 
like sometimes it's cute, but like I'm beyond her cute now. Um, nineteen seventeen. I'm so sorry. Nineteen seventeen. Oh, dear okay. Lord. Yes. I was and like, no, it's not Vietnam. I actually saw that trailer too. It looks really good. It's a. Um, it looks amazing, yeah. and it's got some faces in it that you're like, what in the heck? So I don't know what they're doing over there in Hollywood with getting all these bigger, well-known people to come in and do these war movies. But I mean, this one is going to have Benedict Cumberbatch and Colin Firth and like. A whole bunch of people. But cool. the previous that one kind of set you up for the tone of like seeing Midway. Yeah, yeah. And that one, yeah. So basically, so this one is going to be two British privates um, are given the impossible mission to deliver a message inside in a ter- enemy territory. But if they don't get this message there in time, um, it could kill 1,600 or more men because they would be walking into a, a trap. Seems like most war movies are about something to that effect. You know what I mean? Well, because that's the shit, unfortunately, yeah. that has happened in, yeah. in war. Well, I'm, I'm good with it. War. Yeah, I'm good with it. Yeah. But Midway, definitely a must-see. Um, I took Caden, so um, he had some moments where he was like, oh, my God. And he didn't understand some of the jokes, um, but I think that's more of, like, his wavelength. Not mm-hmm. really. Because it's PG-13. They use the word bastard a lot. So it's more of because it's a war movie. Truly, I think the only reason it's PG-13 is because they call them bastards a lot. And there's a lot of dead bodies. All right. Well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the movie that I saw tonight was the sequel to The Shining. It's called Dr. Sleep. I want to see that. It, but you can. It's okay if you want to spoil it. It's I'm okay. not going to spoil it. Um. So we watched The Shining yesterday to prep for this because I haven't seen it in God knows how long. And um, and I think it's like you see movies like that like a long time ago and like you kind of mm-hmm. don't remember and you're like, was it good? Like, did I like it? And then I, I ended up like really liking The Shining and um, I thought that Doctor Sleep was a really good sequel. Like they take a little bit of a different turn um with the villain in that movie who i thought was really really good and she was super creepy and everything is very stephen king (laughs) um it's very like um i feel like he gets on these roles where he is into this sort of thing because i'll talk about it again later with my reads but um a lot of telepathy, a lot mm-hmm. of like astral projection. Um, He's just when you're good at something, you're good at something, right? And 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 a lot of it is like it's the story of Danny, the little boy from The Shining, as a grown up. So now, now dealing with yeah, with and everything. They do, and I, I will spoil this, but I figure you probably already know this anyway, but they do end up back at the Overlook Hotel. So. I wondered, my concern about it, and since you like it, that makes me feel better, but my whole concern I was going to have is, like, um, so the director, Stanley Kubrick, that did The Shining, mm-hmm. like, I would not want to be the director that had to follow up, because he was the director and the screenwriter for The Shining, like, 
And he is just phenomenal at his craft. So I would not want to be the person that would have to follow up a sequel or a prequel or, you know, whatever um, to someone that is that esteemed. I'd be like, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, I, but you're right. You're right. They do several homages um, as far as like shots, uh, music, visual cues, um, and, and some of the like dragging out of scenes because a mm-hmm. lot of, of of the shining is a lot of nothing you know what i mean like because it, it, you're not it's wrong very slow um this one has has some very direct homages to that um like letting these scenes like breathe and letting them like linger it was a tad long i will say I could have shortened it by probably 15 to 20 minutes. I have noticed that movies in general lately are really long. And I'm wondering if because, you know, Marvel kind of kicked that Mm -hmm. off, giving us movies that long. I'm wondering if they feel like that we all want really long movies, especially when you pay about $15 for a ticket anymore. Or if it's just that, like, so I wonder if they're like, we got to give them more because a ticket costs so much. Or if it's, because I, I don't know, I've seen some that they're like, I'm like, okay, you could have cut that out. You could have cut that out. And you could have cut that out. And like, we could have been out of here already. You know? Yeah, so. I mean, part of me thinks they just wanted to do that Kubrick style. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Um, but also it feels very different. Like, it's, it's. It's a modern, it's definitely more of a modern movie than The Shining. Okay. Even though I felt like The Shining does hold up quite a bit, even though it's very 70-ish. Um, it's one of the few books I also like in a reread. I was like, oh, this is not horrible to get through. And mm-hmm. then like rewatch of the movie, like I still enjoy it. Yeah. Because you and I have had private conversations about even though he's one of our favorite authors, rereading now, like at our age now, a Stephen King novel and being like, really? I liked this? Everybody loved this? Like, this is, you know? Mm, well, maybe some of his earlier stuff that definitely needed some editing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought Ewan McGregor was really good. I thought the um, little girl who I don't know her name was um, really good too. Um and then the actress who is the main bad guy, um, she was in the last couple of Mission Possible. Rebecca Ferguson? I believe that is her name. Um, yes, she is stunningly gorgeous. And she is a tremendous bad guy. <laughs> I think we've talked about her before because she was in something and I wanted to mention her. She's, she's mesmerizing. Like I thought she's very, she's very like, it's a natural. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would totally recommend for, um, any fan of the shining to check out Dr. Sleep. I I thought it was really, really good. I was kind of didn't have many expectations. So that's probably the best way to go into it, though, to not have heavy expectations. Um, So anyway, anything else you've been streaming? Um, I so there's a few shows that we talked about in our like welcome to TV fall TV premiere 
that I won't go into like detail on, but like I'll just do a quick like touch base. Mm-hmm. I knew you had heavy reservations about Bob Hart's Ebishola. Mm-hmm. And I will say I'm still watching it. Um, it's cute. Yes, the creepy, there was that creepy, because they do a lot of what you saw in the preview is the first episode, which Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, that kind of stinks. But Mm -hmm. I, you know, a lot of times when these shows come on, they only have recorded three or four, um, especially when it's a new show. Totally, because they may be like, and can it now. Um, It is so cute. It does deal with a lot of, like, common themes in our world. Um, but it also deals with, like, overbearing families and um, death and divorce and depression and weight problems. and But in a – it's, it's kind of along the lines of mom, which I thought it might be, and where there's serious moments, but it's funny. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a dramedy, I think is what they now refer to those as. So I'm still watching that. I don't know how its numbers are doing, though, so I, I'm too soon for me to say, like, if there should or will be a season two. Um, and then I'm trying to think of, have you watched any of the show Evil? No, I've heard a lot of good things about it, though. It is so good. Like, it has a character in it that creeped me out to the point where, so I watched episodes one and two. Like, back-to-back one night. Mm -hmm. Like, right before I was going to go to bed. Should not have done that. (sighs) Should not have done that. There's, like, this demon guy that appears to her in her dreams. Doesn't give anything away. It's in the previews. Um, That appears in her dreams. She's trying to figure out. Because she's the one that she is. She's basically a skeptic. And so, when this starts happening to her, she's trying to figure out, like, is this really? Is this real? Or is this fake? Mm-hmm. And she's having that inner turmoil that I think everybody expected to happen when they kept hyping up that she was a skeptic. Um, and he, like, he, the guy that they get to do this is phenomenal because he creeped me out. He creeped me out. Sweet. I knew they'd check that yeah. out then. So those three are still going. I know there were others that I know that there are others I am watching still. Um... The unicorn is really funny. I could see it not hanging around, though. Yeah. Like, it's really cute. Um, it deals with a lot of deep issues as well. Um, obviously, since his wife, we know off the bat, has died. And that's mm-hmm. why, like, he's trying to get back into dating. It does. It deals with a lot of uh, deep things. But I could see it being one where people are like, oh, it's great. But it only lasts, like, maybe a season or two. So. Yeah, it's, it's hard nowadays, man. It really is, especially when we've had the discussion so many times of, like, what constitutes uh, cancellation numbers. Mm-hmm. Especially when we talk to our friends and they're like, I love that show, I love that show. So, like, yes, everyone we know loved it, but and then you, everyone on the internet seemed to love it. But then you're like, okay, well, did they only watch a couple episodes and nobody loved it after that? Or, like, how do they determine, like, these numbers just aren't high enough for us? Well, it's like this week I found out that they're not doing another season of the BH90210 reboot. And I feel like that's bullshit. Well, see, I was confused by that one anyway because I wasn't sure if it was a limited thing where it was only going to be one season. I, I think didn't I know that you. either, but um, apparently not. It's not going to be... A season two. I, just, huh. I don't understand that. Like, I don't get it at all. 
Unless ever, unless the cast was like being ridiculous and asking for a ton of money, which I don't feel like they would have done. Like, you should be happy for any cash you're getting, right? Now. Right. There's a few of them that you should just be thankful for whatever you yeah. get. So anyway, I think that's bullshit. Yeah. Um. Next week is the final episode to American Horror Story 1984. Yes, I never did start watching that. See, that's another one. Uh, that one, because it's only going to be nine episodes, though, you could easily binge that yeah, when they drop yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good, good point. You could easily binge it. Um, Titan Season 2 is another one that... Which one? Oh, yeah, I have not started Titans yeah, at all. I, like, I feel like I'm the worst planner for read streams and downloads but at least this time it's not like i am behind i am behind you know like i was that one year where i was like nope haven't seen it yet go ahead and talk about it or it's me like i don't remember if i already fucking talked about this or not no and now that you continued on like i don't remember any of that so we're good i think i said it at some point maybe i was telling john or something i don't know I'm done. No, no, I do that too. Where I'm like, I don't know if I told you this. I may have said it in my head to tell you this. <laughs> yes. But stop me if I've already said this. Sometimes my husband will be like, "Yeah, you already said that." Or other yeah. times I'll be like, "Uh, don't remember that." But yeah, um, it is decent. Mm-hmm. It is not my favorite, but it is definitely not one of the worst seasons. I think they have done a really good job with this being a slasher film esque type uh season mm-hmm. and staying true to the slashery part you got multiple serial killers going on one historically is a real serial killer um the night watcher appears mm-hmm. throughout the whole season pretty much um and then who they tell you is the serial killer for like the first couple of episodes things change so he mm-hmm. is but there's another one and like yeah uh they and they did this weird thing where i thought they were gonna pull a roanoke on me because remember halfway through roanoke they changed it and it was like still the same story but like hey here's like a different i don't know where they like all of a sudden it was different and i thought that's what they were doing at first Mm -hmm. i was like you've got to be kidding me uh, but they redeemed themselves a little. So not the worst, but not my favorite. But I think it would be hard to beat some of those seasons that have been my favorite. That were so historically just American Horror Story, if yeah, that makes sense. I've I've seen um, good things around about this season, too. So. A lot of people were angry because a lot of the old cast did not come back or mm-hmm. have only been, like, briefly in there. It's um, repeats of some of the people that have been in the newer seasons. Um, but I'm not against it because you figure after so long, people want to go off and, you know, do other things or spend time with their family or, like, they're entitled to a life, too. Right. Because right. you imagine if you do a season every single year for, you know so many years eventually that has to take a toll which is i'm sitting here going okay that's why supernatural has to go Mm -hmm. um you know it does because you want to do something else and when you're in a commitment to film a tv show like that you know that probably takes up at least half of your year because the you know you got months of just reading and planning and then you have the actual shooting and then you know you travel to promote the show once it's all shot like i can imagine people just need a break yeah, for sure. Um, and plus, you just want to switch things up anyway. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Don't want it to get stagnant. Exactly. 
for sure. Um, Do you have any downloads? Downloads? I was going to mention the new season of Unobscured by Aaron Mankey. Yes. Um, we talked about the first season, which was about the Salem Witch Trials. It is a in-depth, um, deep dive into history. About Phenomenally the- done. Yes, very well done. And so this season is about um, the spiritualist movement. Mm-hmm. Um, extremely well done. Um, very, very interesting. Um, a I lot like- of things he's covered, I have honestly not been familiar. I was not familiar with those things or um, those part of that spiritualist movement. Um, yeah, you know, like it's it's like um, something so fascinating has such a, like so many interconnections mm-hmm. that you would never ever guess. Um, like the last one, um, there he tells this story and. It ends up being about um, former slave uh, Sojourner Truth. Yep. And how she was tied in with the movement as well. So just the way that he tells the story is, is fascinating. And The man is has a true talent for telling a story for something that maybe you didn't think about having interest in. Or that you didn't think that you even wanted to know the story to, mm-hmm. not that I didn't want to know the story to this, but like some people may be like, well, that's really not what I was interested in. But he has just a sort of way of telling it that makes you want to listen to the story. It makes you want to learn more. It's so soothing too, because like, if I'm, if I'm in this space where like, I don't want to think about stuff, I don't want to like, I want to feel comforted, but... Right. You know, I'm so weird about my moods. But anyway, um, but he's so, like, soothing and comforting. And, like, he takes you away. Like, he just, like, I don't, it's like, I don't want to feel any of this stuff. I don't want to think about any of this stuff anymore. And I'll put on some Aaron making. Like, he will just literally take you away. Like we talked about, like, you escape to your books and your podcasts and stuff. Because you don't want to think about, like, your everyday life or the things going on in the world. So, yeah, and he has a, and yes, a lot of what he discusses is our history, and it makes you realize even the small parts of our history, such as, you know, the spiritualism um, movement or, you know, the Salem witch trials, like, our history is scary. It is. It's so fucked up, man. Like, it it makes, I guess it sometimes, in some ways, it makes you more appreciative of the modern day because you're like, holy crap, like, that was bad. You're just like, things been fucked up since the start. You know what I mean? Right, like, like everybody talks about the world today. Like the world's always been fucked up. All right, 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 right. Like just look in history, and you'll see that's yeah. always been this way. Well, I really, I do. I appreciate what he does um, with his craft in the sense of that it takes you out of what you're dealing with every day. It's very calming and soothing, and not just his voice, but his story and the way he tells the story, mm-hmm. but also in the way that. Um, it, it shows you, like, not to be so scared, you know, of the world now. Not that you shouldn't be reserved and scared, but, like, to remember that things could be worse. Things have been worse. Things like, have, yeah, things have been worse. Um, and, he, like I said, he also explains things that maybe you never knew that you had any interest in knowing more about. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I was really 
especially that very first episode or second episode, I think it was, where he's talking about, um, like, seances and um, mm-hmm. um, help me here. Um, when you put somebody to sleep, you hypnotize, hypnotism. Mm-hmm. Um, I was completely fascinated by that because I've kind of always been fascinated because it's one of those, like, you have a, a skepticism to it, mm-hmm. of course. And the but good, then the good thing yeah. about this, like, long-form like seasons that he's doing is that he can like really get into the characters and like the real people and explain their backstories and why this happened and how these people are intertwined in this way. And then it's, it's just this whole network. (laughs) He he brings up several times, like uh, the Salem witch trials and how it played a part in the, spiritualism mm-hmm. movement um right. and how the spiritualism movement is different from like separate sects of uh religious movements like uh, right. it's not it's not the same as yes spiritualism is part of being a christian or part of being a muslim or a jew or um whatever religion you choose to be a part of but like how it's its own entity as well and it sometimes includes things that are outside of the box thinking i don't know i'm I'm blown away. I know this was like your download, but like I'm blown away with no, the show. No, no, I am too. Like I didn't realize how closely tied in with um, the Puritans, the spiritualist oh, movement yeah. was. So that was just like, okay, you would not think that at all. But yeah, they're super and, into it. And then like um, the, the it helped actually a lot of spirituals help support causes uh, like the abolition of, of slavery and yes. women's suffrage rights yes. and. That was something else I did not know. I was like, holy cow. Yeah, so like when people are like, oh, that hoodoo, voodoo, weird people, well, they're the ones that are responsible or helped be responsible for, you know, ending slavery and, you know, help getting women's rights. And that is, like, phenomenally fascinating to me. And just something that I've never, ever, ever thought about or no, just ever considered being interested in all of a sudden i'm just like this is amazing it's so cool to learn things miranda no it really is and it's good for you to learn like it's even regardless of your age Mm -hmm. um you should never stop learning i agree agree yeah we should never stop having the want to learn in whatever form that may be you can learn from television you can learn from you know, radio, podcast, uh, reading it yourself, magazines, like, I'm not going to knock you if you're learning. Did you have any other downloads? I do. So, this one was a recommendation from Real Life Ghost Stories. Mm-hmm. They recommended, and I thought I had talked about this one already, but I don't think I did. I'm going to have a Jenny moment if I did, just stop me. <laughs> um, it's called What the Fuck is in This Book? Oh, how was that? Um, so they are really funny. Um, and actually they started a podcast because Dan and Emma, Dan and Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories kind of like inspired them. Like they were like, well, if they can do this, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all stems around. So they're two best friends, um, which I was like, hey, that's like us, um, <laughs> that had a love for something. And it was the Mysteries of the Unexplained book that they both had as children that, they, as they say, honestly terrified the shit out of them. And so every episode um, is a different story. Because apparently, I don't remember this book. 
I mentioned it to my mom, and she was like, oh, yeah, I think you did have, um, sorry, like, I apparently am trying to get the hiccup, so I'm, yeah. <laughs> so, I asked my mom, because she's pretty good at remembering, like, what books, like, I wouldn't put down and kept carrying around, um, and she said that she thinks I had this book, but I don't remember. Um, but it is considered a paranormal podcast. It is weekly. It is also a comedy podcast, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there was this book that they read as children called Mysteries of the Unexplained. And my favorite part of the podcast is when they say the book, they go, explain, 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 explain. <laughs> like, it's, it's adorable. Um, but each episode is a different story in the book. I think they are up to 12 or 13 at this point episodes Um, because they even mentioned in this last one, like, what are we going to do when we run out of stories? And she's like, I don't know. Like, I hope they keep coming. Um, So maybe they'll pick another. They don't plan for this to end, basically. Okay, cool. They are also Irish. So, ooh, how's the accents? I love it. Well, I it's one of those, like, earlier we were talking about Nick Jonas, and we're like, how is his accent? His accent was great. You know, it was obviously his is fake. Yeah. Um, theirs is not. <laughs> they do have moments of, like, where they get really giggly. I don't know if they're, because they are face-to-face. I don't know if they're drinking or one of them does something that makes the other one laugh. And that would be my only critique, is that sometimes, like, they... Uh, they're, like, being so silly sometimes, but I think... The more you listen to them, I think you can tell, like, that's genuinely them. Mm-hmm. Like, the first few episodes, they were like that. I'm like, am I going to finish? Because, like, I really like what they're talking about, and their voices are really good. Sometimes they're a little silly. But I think that's, like, and I'm not saying they're silly people as in, like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't want to be around them. They're silly. But, like, they're just funny. Like, they get tickled, and they can't They do. Them. They get tickled yeah. with each other, I think, is what it is. But yeah. I, Yeah. Okay, what the fuck is in this book? I'm subscribing. Yeah, and so, like, because they can't do the, the, so on Instagram, they are WTF is in this book. And then I want to say if you look them up on, like, Facebook, it's what the, and then, like, the, um, it's F asterisk asterisk K. Yeah, yeah, that's what I found. Uh, Yeah, they're really good. Um, And I think it's really cool that they took inspiration from a podcast that you introduced me to that. We both love. Yes. Yeah. And so actually what is funny is Emma posted this podcast on Real Life Ghost Stories Instagram stories Mm -hmm. and as a recommendation. So I was like, okay, well, if they recommend it, then I'll try it and, you know, give it a go. I might try to reach out to them. I don't know. I feel like. Which one's Dan and Emma? Yeah. I would love to. In their early episodes, they would do, um, like, sort of um, commercials for other podcasts. where they Yep, would, and they still do sometimes. They talk about other podcasts. But they would drop in, like, an actual, like, ad from the actual people. Yeah. Um, so, I was thinking about We, like, out. we love you so much, and we talk about you. It yes. seems like every episode, somehow, we end up talking about them. So I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, and I won that contest or whatever, and I I got that T-shirt. So like she's talked to me before. So like, well, I've messaged them back and forth on um, Instagram. I uh, 
have like when they just had their one year anniversary or mm-hmm. birthday. They call it a birthday. Mm-hmm. So I messaged them and I told them happy birth anniversary. That here at Geek and Sassy, we call mm-hmm. it a birth anniversary. Um, they're really cute. And then there was uh, something one day that her and Dan were doing, and I was like, I commented to her, and I was like, you guys are too stinking adorable. Mm-hmm. And she sent me a bunch of kissy faces. They're really cool. They are. They're really, really sweet. All right. Um, reads. What do we got for reads? I know you said uh, you had been reading a lot. I have. I will just mention a few because I feel like this could take a little while. Yeah. Just um, so I am still reading. A, uh, I'm going through the books that I were was given slash purchased at Fanaticon because... Mm-hmm. I had one that I was given. It's an advanced copy. Um, so I'm still working on those. So, yes, like, don't, because everybody is like, is she going to talk about it? Nope. Sorry. I'm working on it. Um, I hit, uh, with it being Halloween, I wanted, I, I hit another kick of uh, Cozy Mysteries. <laughs> so I started a series that is new to me um, by Tanya Kappas and. What I find in common of the Cozy Mysteries that I really, really love, there's one of two things. Either they're set somewhere in England, or mm-hmm. they're set in Kentucky. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say Kentucky. Well, I mean, I'm from Kentucky. I know. Born <laughs> and bred. Very proud of my state. But I've you're like, blue. either England or Kentucky. Like, well, I love England times <laughs> so freaking much. But yes, um... There are several cozy mystery writers that tend to write, I guess, because they're either originally from Kentucky or they live in Kentucky. So a lot of them write, you know, areas that they know and they're comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, okay? makes sense. Right. And then a lot of the English cozy or mystery writers, because a lot of mystery writers are English, they obviously are going to write about people that and places and things that they are comfortable with and things mm-hmm. they know. Um, so I started this one uh, from Tanya Kappas, um, and the premise of the series is um, when she, she was a flight attendant, and when she was younger, she met a very successful rich man that turns out he pulled, like, a Ponzi scheme on a bunch of people and ended up going to jail, and they lose every, like, everything, everything. Mm. She does not go to jail because they, like, they can prove, like, she had no knowledge that that's where their money came from. No, her name was on nothing. So she never had any part to play in it. And it's really kind of sad because you're seeing her side of, like, people are coming up to her in the street and, like, saying really nasty, horrible things. You know, um, talking about, you know, you've ruined our lives. And she's like, I didn't do anything. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. even. You ruined my life, too. Like, I didn't know about this. Um, but apparently... Because he's supposed to be a good bit older than her. And at some point in his younger years, before he ever met her, he became owner of a, uh, like a trailer, RV, not trailer park, but like RV park. Like an actual, like, nice vacationing place, like mm-hmm. in a national park in Kentucky. And he took owner of this, and I guess so many years before the shit hit the fan, he had signed it all over to her. And it had nothing to do with the Ponzi scheme. So she's given this. So she literally goes from, like, wearing Louis Vuittons to she owns an RV park, and that's all she has to her name. 
Um, and obviously, in the first book, um, a murder happens, and it just so happens that it's her husband, her ex-husband. She's very adamant about when somebody's like, your husband, she's like, ex! Like, she does that throughout the whole series, <laughs> where she's like, oh my god, ex! Um, he's escaped from prison, and he ends up dead on this RV park. Oh, Lord. That she's just taken possession over. So here's this man that was her ex-husband that ruined all these lives to include hers. And now he just happens to show up dead within like a day or so of her showing up to take ownership of the RV park. So Hmm. it's pretty interesting. Um, And then the series continues because obviously she didn't do it, you know. Um, But the series continues and she like befriends the people in the town. But. It, with any cozy mystery, obviously, there's more dead bodies to come, so. All right. Um, and there's usually small love interest. And in, so, the, I don't know what the series itself is called, um, but it's by Tanya Kappes, K-A-P-P-E-S. Um, and the first one in the series is, um, that is not it, is Canyons, Caravans, and Cadavers. <laughs> And they all have something like that. Like, the second one is Beaches, Bungalows, and Burglaries. <laughs> yeah, she has really cute little names for that them. That's cute. Like yeah, it. so I really uh, enjoyed those a lot. I have made it through the first three. And then I also read another new series that I had never heard of. Um, it's a cozy mystery. Uh, mystery. Uh the first book is called Killer Jam, and it's by Karen McInerney. Um, it's that, like, farm country. I forget where. I think she says the state, but it's evading me at this moment. It's Kentucky. Yeah. Well, we're just going to say it's Kentucky. Um, <laughs> I want to say it's not. I want to say it's in Texas because she talks about being – she's a former a reporter in Houston for a Houston newspaper. And, you know, newspapers all over in general are kind of going under. Um. And so she finds out that her family's farm is for sale. And so she literally takes, like, all her savings, cashes in her um, money from work, and buys this um, farm. She wants it back. She remembers the days of spending it. Her summer's there with her grandmother and learning how to make jam and how to cook and um, do things like that. And... Her grandmother's rival slash the lady that owns the mineral rights, which is a big thing. Some people are probably like, what the heck? So just because you own a piece of property or a farm in this instance doesn't mean you own the dirt and the mineral underneath it. Okay. So when you own land, it doesn't necessarily mean you own the mineral rights. So if somebody were to come in and say, we're going to drill for oil, you may or may not be able to stop them because you may not have the rights to what's underneath your farm. How do you get those? Um, Well, if you know what you're doing when you buy it, you make sure that when you buy a piece of property like that, that you're also, that the mineral rights are included. Like when you go and you purchase a piece of land. So she did not know that the lady that sold the farm actually purposely did not sell the mineral rights. And she was not aware of this. Mm. And like just briefly after her like taking over and she's trying to get the hang of things comes in and is like, we're drilling for oil. (laughs) And it's trying to screw her over. It just so happens it's also her grandmother's. Well, her grandmother didn't find her as a rival. Her grandma was like, whatever, this lady doesn't like me. Okay. But like. This lady hated her grandmother, and um, 
she ends up dead. It's like during the jam contest, because that's why it's called Killer Jam. And uh, she has this girl's jam can't like her jar in her hand. And so, again, most of these mystery stories, when somebody dies in the first book, it's usually going to blame the, the main person that's going to be of your series. They are usually the one that gets blamed, and it's them working as, like, a sleuth to prove they didn't do, do it. it. Right, yeah. Gotcha. And then it ends up where people are like, can you help me? You solved this. Can you help me? Yeah, that and makes that's sense. And continue, which is kind of fun. But, yeah, so... I'm going to continue that one, too. Well, I don't know how many are in that one, but... Keep me updated on the Killer Jam. Well, the book itself, I finished the Killer Jam book. It was it was good, and it was not who I thought it was. It was the killer. Well, and, you know, I've told you this. I, lo- I can usually figure them out, but I keep reading them kind of like people complain about Hallmark, and they're like, they're all the same. And you're not wrong, but I still enjoy them because mm-hmm. it's like you said with... Um, with unobscured and anything Aaron Minky does, like there's just this comfort in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how I feel with like Hallmark uh, stories or Hallmark sh- movies or cozy mysteries. Is like there's a comfort in like knowing. Mm-hmm. There's a there's just a comfort in like the setting and like different things like that. And this time I didn't figure out who it was. That's like, good though. Not who I thought it was. I know. I kind of dug it this time. Sometimes I'm like, dang it. <laughs> Another time, excited. So, of course, um, for my reads, uh, it's through Audible. It is a Stephen King book. It is called The Institute, and I'm not finished with it. I tried so hard to get done with it, but I have like six hours, I think, left. These books are long. They are so long. (laughs) I have five hours and thirty nine minutes left. Um, How long was it total? Do you remember? Oh, God, it was That's a lot. what I hate about Audible is it tells you how much, that's my only dislike is it tells you how much is left, mm-hmm. but it doesn't tell you, like, left of, like, you started at this, this is what's left. It was a, it was long, <laughs> it was a long book, but. I'm gonna look, I'm curious. Um, so the story starts out with telling you about this guy, and he's an ex-cop, and he's just pretty much just like starts hitchhiking and doesn't know where he's going to end up ends up in this little town in South Carolina and he gets the job as a um what they call a night knocker and in this little tiny little town um anyway they're they're getting you like prepped for the bigger story here because um by the time you move on to like the sort of the secondary main story, you you kind of forgot about this whole guy in the beginning part. But I was gonna say because if I remember correctly, the synopsis said nothing about him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, I feel like it'll come together and just like it should in, in the perfect Stephen King way. But uh, and I've seen that already. But um, the main bulk of the book is about a kid named Luke Ellis who um, is like a super genius kid and he has a little bit of telekinesis um, powers. Uh-huh. Um, not not anything crazy, just a little bit. Um, and so he ends up getting kidnapped and taken to the Institute. His parents are murdered and he, sh- he wakes up in the Institute and 
his room has been replicated, so it looks like his room, but it, he knows it's not. That's and, creepy. Yeah, it is really creepy. And so he meets um, a bunch of the other kids who are also imprisoned there in this place in the middle of the woods in bumfuck. Kentucky. It's, <laughs> it's bumfuck Maine, which is close enough to Right, Kentucky, he always, right? he has a pattern too of always watching, uh, writing about up there. Maine, yeah. Um, and so he and the other children are experimented on. Some of the other children are telekinetic like him, but some of them are telepathic. And um, so it's just like this fucked up story about these children who are imprisoned. Basically, all they have is each other. And then these, um, their, their captures people, their, what word am I looking for? Um, overlords. Abductors? Yeah, they're abductors. They, um, they're just like, you're, um, you're needed to serve the country. Like, they are grooming them for a purpose. And. But. Luke is different because he's so super smart. And so he. Finds a way to escape. And. Um, but they put him through hell. Before he does. And then he has to. Um, he has to basically go on this huge journey to escape the Institute and then find somebody to believe him so that he can free his friends because there's sort of like stages in the Institute. So like once you start out in this one area and then at some point you go to this next area and this next point you go to this next area and they tell you the whole time, look, you're going to serve your country. You're going to do whatever we need you to do. Then we're going to wipe your memories and send you back to your parents. But Luke knows that his parents are dead. I was going to say, uh, liars. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, they just use these children to basically become like, um, um, assassins to like political people to anybody really that the government wants, um, wants to be rid of so they use like astral projection things like that and a lot of like they get a lot of shots and go through all these tests and it's really like it's awful and um i think that would be what would make me you know because i have like can't do like everybody has like trigger can't do yes i i don't know like i want to it's actually in my wish list um but ooh, that i will rough. say yeah if if like um child abuse uh triggers you then yeah i mean because they're treated like um test subjects basically and it's rough but um luke is so well written and it's so even through all of that there are still so many good like hopeful um moments where the goodness of the kids really shines uh-huh. through and they're uh, banding together to find a way to get out. You know, it's, it's really just it, you know, what it reminds me of a little bit. Um, I don't know if you remember the book or the movie called the giver. Yes. Um, so th- that th- 
and that book where the whole escape um where the main character takes the baby away once he finds out what is really happening to the babies and right. yeah so it's a little bit of feels like that feel once you get to the escape part um which i love the giver so like oh yeah it's, it's, one, it's one very of my strongly reminded me of it um I so, like the blurb that uh, Simon & Schuster Audio put out for this book mm-hmm. um, that you're telling everybody around. It says, um, it's psych- bleh, bleh, bleh. psychically terrifying as Firestarter and with spectacular power of a kid, of, with the spectacular power of a kid of it. The Institute is Stephen King's gut-wrenchingly dramatic story of good versus evil in a world where the good guys don't always win. That's... That is pretty accurate. Yeah, I like I like that bl- that like that blurb alone mm-hmm. makes me want to read it. It's you know, like I say, it's very Stephen King, but like not in a monstery type way, but in like a um, vaguely defined like supernatural way. But yeah. Super, I was super disappointed in myself for not finishing it by tonight, but... Girl, it is 18 hours and 59 minutes long, so I let's just say... it was like 20 19 hours. 19 hours long. Um, so I am not going to be like, Jenny, what do you mean you didn't yeah, finish I know, that? I know, um, 19 hours, boys and girls. The narrator is really good, too, which I was going to ask helps. you, um, uh, according to Audible, performance is 4.7 out of 5, so I was going to ask what you thought about the narrator. No, I like... Uh, I, I'm always very impressed with a narrator who can do all, like, adult women, adult men, you know, children, boys and girls. It's just, like, and it's very subtle. Like, it's not a real, like, it doesn't, they don't try to make you feel like you're listening to somebody else. But they just alter their voice enough to where you get the feeling of that character like it and you could switch and identify characters easily based on their tone of voice which he i think is, is actually he's also the um voice for the you series oh really that that they turn into a television mm-hmm. show yeah mm-hmm. yep he voices the first two books so, and I don't know if there's going to be more books or there will be, but yeah, he is, he is the narrator for um, you and Hidden Bodies that are the UTV show. Hmm, cool. All right. Um, there is also a name for that series. I, I looked it up. So uh, it's called Campers and Criminals Cozy Mysteries. Campers and Criminals. Yep, that's the name to that series by Tanya Kappas. I love it. I'm here That's for it. It's a great title. <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying it, so there we go. All right. Um anything else you want to talk about before we move on to everyone's favorite segment? Um I don't know, there's something that we kinda wanted to talk about, but now I wonder if we should have like a separate little pod blast about it instead. Um, so everybody's not like, geez, Louise, you guys have been talking forever. Oh, but about Disney Plus? Disney Plus drops in like, I don't know how many days now. We are creeping up on super freaking close. It should be out by the time. Yeah, by the time you hear this, it's probably yeah. already going. Yes. 
probably happening. And you're probably not listening to us because you're probably like, all oh, the Disney I watch Disney. Um, yeah. Just real quick, I guess. Um, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to most on Disney Plus? I shall be brief because I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. If you go to print out the list, it is 41 pages minus the first three. That is so amazing. So from page four to 41 is everything that will be on Disney+. Plus. It is broken down into, they start with uh, Star Wars, and they list every Star Wars movie that will be part of Disney+, Plus to include all the Legos. Uh, it, it, yeah, they're there. They're all there. Are all those? Then they go. But not all those are day one, though, right? Because... Especially the Star Wars stuff, right? I don't know. I asked it to tell me. Um, I feel like the um, Mandalorian maybe is a day one thing. I'm pretty sure that it is. Um, so, but the list of like what is going to be on day one I don't know if it's all of this, and that was where there was, like, some miscommunication with any of the article that I read. Mm -hmm. Um, But even reading this, I feel like there's stuff missing. So I'm just going to be honest there. Mm -hmm. Um, Some highlights to include really quick. Um, The Star Wars live-action Mandalorian that Jenny just mentioned. um, It'll be coming out pretty quickly. I say because they'll already, um, play episode two will already be launching like on the 15th. Okay. The X-Men animated series from the 90s. That's a huge one. Is going to be there. Um, Gravity Falls. You guys know that I'm a huge Gravity Mm -hmm. Falls fan. Mm -hmm. And they will have all of it on there. All 30 Simpsons seasons will be available on day one. That's amazing. And if you've not seen the ad that Disney did where they have uh, the Simpsons dress up as different Disney characters to promote it, like Homer's Iron Man and he does not fit in the suit. (laughs) And they've got Bart as, and he's like, you put on, they gave us money, you put on the suit, boy. (laughs) And so Bart bends over to like show his butt and they cover it with like a Disney logo thing. It's really funny. It's really short, but you got to watch it. Um, The live action Lady the Gramp movie is a day one Disney Mm. Um, it's gotten mediocre reviews, but they're saying that uh, it may have kids praise is what they're hoping for. Hmm. Um, so some of the things I'm looking forward to, do not at me if this is not there on day one. So I will say this article is really fantastic. It is brought to us. I will go ahead and give the person credit that wrote it. This is um, on Forbes.com and is written by Eric Kane. Um, He writes about video games, TVs, and movies over there. Um, He has his own website and Twitter, so check him out. Because to compile this list was probably pretty daunting. Like I said, 41 pages when you print it. Mm. Um, So it lists, it breaks it down into some pretty awesome categories. Star Wars being its own category. Marvel being its own category as well. Um, Caught my attention on the Marvel sector is the 1979 Spider-Woman. Yes. I just, that kind of, I mean, we expected all of the others that are on here to be on here. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know what of that is going to be day one. In my opinion, I think they'd be pretty silly to not launch the good majority of those Marvel movies on day one. Because I feel like a lot of their sign-ups may have been Marvel people. Right, yeah. I agree with that. Um, The next breakdown they do is Pixar, and they list all the Pixar movies, which I'm going to be shocked. There are less that are qualified as Pixar than I thought. Just throwing that out there. Hmm. Like, uh, not as many, but all of the Tory stories up to the one that just aired in theaters. I mean, mm-hmm. that one's not going to be there yet. Uh, the next section, featured films. Uh, I highlighted that uh, Frozen and Tangled and all three of the Santa Clauses, because those are like my favorite. Okay. Princess Diaries. So this is where my most anticipated comes in. A movie. Oh, really? Which one? A movie called Flight of the Navigator. Oh, yeah. That is a good one. I don't know why, but I was always obsessed with that movie when I was little. Um, I have not seen it in a very, very long time. And so is this one of those, like, you're going to watch it to see if it still holds up? Yes. I'm really, gotcha. really hoping it still holds up because I freaking love that movie i hope for you that it does too because i hate watching something again um and then it just not holding up it kind of breaks my heart um something else to note that were some of my favorite movies growing up um i have a lot of memories of watching these with my cousins um the different muppet movies uh, muppets sure. Most Wanted, yes. the muppets i knew you really enjoyed those as well mm-hmm. those are listed um Again, don't at me and Jenny yelling at us saying it's not there on day one. You know what? I'm I don't know what all is actually going to be on day one. I feel like the list is so extensive that even mm-hmm. if they drop everything on day one, you're not you're not getting through it. Yeah, like, yeah. There not, are definitely not. I know you signed up, um, mm-hmm. and so if you're still not familiar, then you're living under a rock. But. It's a Disney streaming service uh, that has content from numerous catalogs that they own. Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, or Pixar National Geographic, um, some recently required Fox catalog, um, not to mention like new um, Disney Plus exclusives. The service um, comes out to about $6.99 a month or $69.99 a year. If we're lucky and we have other people in other countries, just to let you know, it does launch on November 12th here in the U.S., Canada, and the Netherlands, and then on November 19th in New Zealand and Australia, and then not till um, the 31st of March 2020 in the United Kingdom, German, Germany, France, Italy, and Spain. So, sorry, people that are there. I'm really sorry. That's rough, man. It is rough. Um so this is this is the section that's the biggest, the feature films, because mm-hmm. this is where your Emperor's New Groove and your Santa Claus movies and um, one I highlighted that I didn't realize was Disney or maybe it was a Fox and that's why it's on the list as Doug's first movie. Oh yeah, because Doug was Nickelodeon. Yeah, I think so. But I guess his first movie must have belonged to Fox, which in turn now belongs to Disney. Um. I was notating that, like, all of the Halloween towns were on here, and I was like, it's kind of a shame that this wasn't out, like, for Halloween. Yeah. But maybe they did it on purpose, because people like me went and bought them from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, all your favorites, like Number of Christmas, Hocus Pocus, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, um, all of those will be there at some point. 
Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, one that I know Jenny and I share as a favorite is a Great Mouse Detective. Oh, Great Mouse Detective. I love it so much. Um, the 1960 Pollyanna. If you um, have listened to our Halloween episode that we did on Police Communication with Andy, you heard Andy and I talk about Three Caballeros. Mm-hmm. That's going to be here. Ooh, that'll be fun, too. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, then the next section that they kind of go to is live-action classics. Um, that was really good. It's going to have the one that I marked to really be like, woohoo, is Babes in Toyland. Mm-hmm. So that one will be there. And then, believe it or not, did you? Uh, it's from 1956, but I remember really liking this one as a kid. It was Davy Crockett and the River Pirates. I never saw that. Okay, and then there's Darby O'Gill and the Little People. So when you think, it's going to be that when you think live action. It's all of those um, really cool little ones. And it's a lot of the, it's a lot of olders. If you look at the, the dates, mm-hmm. you know, the years out beside there. Uh, then TV shows and specials. This is where some of the newer things come in. Because um, they have a picture of the world according to Jeff Goldblum, which I'm excited to kind of see. It mm-hmm. looks silly but way to go um i highlighted some of these on here so i could show kaden um like the show that he and i've been watching that i've talked about sydney to the max mm-hmm. it's currently it's season is over they're not like ending it but like it's season is just over for right now so they're gonna drop all of them on there but phil of the future because i used to love that show oh that does sound familiar yes i was an adult when it came out but hmm <laughs> I remember adoring that show. Um, but they have even Stevens, Boy Meets World from 93. What yeah. do you, do you think that the, do you think that this will crash on day one? Cause so many, this has been so hyped. So many I people have, are going crazy yeah. about it. I feel like nothing is going to work. I, I do have a fear that it would be like our sorry system is, you know, overloaded. Please try again. Or that yeah. you could put in some sort of, like in my Warcraft brain, what I'm thinking is like on day one, release of a new, like, um, expansion in Warcraft, mm-hmm. you get put in like a queue, basically. Mm-hmm. And it'll, like, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen pictures of, of when things have launched. And I'm like 134,000 in the queue. And it says, um, I remember one year I went to Fanaticon and like, logged in and just sat in the queue the whole time I was at Fanaticon so that when I got home, I could play. So I do have that fear um, that we're going to log in and we're so excited about some of this and that it's like not going to work, which made me wonder if that's why they're doing the staggering of the countries like they are. Maybe Um, so, but I mean, even just in the U.S., I mean, I just... Oh, yeah, the U.S. alone, especially because U.S., Canada, and Netherlands, which the Netherlands... I think we talked about this briefly. They were the test. They've had it. Well, certain people. They were the test area for it. Why? I don't know. But they, they were the, hmm. like, some of them have already had it. They've been the testers for, like, how is it working? Is it running properly? Like, yeah. I mean, you look at things like Netflix and all those others, and you're like, well, they managed to pull it off. But even sometimes those don't work. Mm-hmm. So I do have the fear that we're going to log in and get all excited and be like, woohoo, Gravity Falls is on there, and not be able to watch a thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see, but um, yeah, I'm I'm a dumbass, and I scheduled Ethan's uh, CAT scan on that day, too, so. Well, I mean, you can't technically do anything while he's in the CAT scan. That's why you have a phone. 
mean, you can't. There's nothing you can do for your child when they're having their CAT scan done. Like, yeah. You can't. But I want to just sit here and not go to the hospital. No, I get 45 you. I get you. Um, um, animated shows. I'll be quick. Um, animated shows is the next section. They break down a lot of them. I know someone complained and was like, they're not going to have blah, blah, blah. I checked. Yes, Darkwing Duck, Gargoyles, and Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Rescue as well as DuckTales. Rangers. Yeah. They are all on there to mention. You and I have talked about this because I had to look up. Remember when we were doing our favorite 90s cartoons? Mm-hmm. And I said this made me think of, like, all my favorite cartoons as a kid. And I had to look up the date to one of them. Mm-hmm. The Adventures of the Gummy Bears. <laughs> the Gummy Bears. Don't you remember? <laughs> Bouncing here and there. The Gummy. Oh, my God. I love that show so much. It's going to be on there. Now, will it hold up? I don't know. Um, then they do Disney Channel original movies slash direct to video. This is where you're like um, Xenon and your Freaky Friday, Kim Possible, Twitches. Mm-hmm. That's where those are going to fall. Uh, Halloween Towns. All the Halloween Towns are on there, which I'm super excited about. Um, I love those stinking things. Sorry, it's a lot of pages, guys. Yeah, it's a lot. That one is like probably, that one and featured films are probably the biggest section. And then the final section that I was interested in, um, I didn't know that, I mean, I knew they were getting National Geographic, but I wasn't sure what that constituted Mm -hmm. uh, as, you know. Um, But they've got Gordon Ramsay Uncharted. Never watched it, but I've heard good things. Um. It's different things like that. Atlantis Rising, Born in China. So it looks like a lot of, uh, like, what you would expect from National Geographic. Those documentary, like, further learning um, type shows. I love that stuff. I do, too. But guess what? There's a show on here called Winged Seduction, Birds of Paradise. Nice. And you know what it probably is? It is a bird movie. It's a bird movie. (laughs) All of this stuff is just to keep you occupied until the Marvel live-action shows start coming out. Yeah, because they're not on this list. They're not. They're they're not not on this list. Definitely not day one, but you should be able to watch, you know, a little bit of this before that shit comes out. Yeah, which that's why it leads me to believe that maybe these full 41 pages are day one. Only because, like I said, I thought there were more Pixar films than that. Mm-hmm. And then none of the Marvel shows that we know are coming are on here. There's nothing that has the words or the date 2020 beside it at all. So, hmm. like I said, even if they drop absolutely everything that is already out. Plus, like, Lady and the Tramp and Mandalorian. They've Man- got enough coming later that... I hope Mandalorian lives up to the hype. I do, too, because that's one that could could crash and burn. Yep. Or it could be really, really good. Yep. I do think it's uh, a good call to start launching that before the new Star Wars movie in theaters in December. Yeah, I think so, too. So, there's a lot here. I could do a deep dive, but then it would pretty much just be me and Jenny talking about all of our favorite shows. Well, I mean, we already have a Rick Moranis show that we promised everybody. So. And it's going to happen. Like, I've yeah. had people that's going to be like, when that happening? Yeah, I had somebody ask me that, too. Um, Maybe the same person. It might be. Um, 
So maybe we'll have to have like a Disney show. I think maybe because um, we're we do a lot of like before shows air um, extravaganzas. So mm-hmm. I think this may be one where maybe after it airs yeah. and talk about like how much was on there that you actually hoped would be there day one. Um, so maybe tweet us or Instagram us or email us and tell me um, what you were if you subscribed and you checked out day one. What were you super excited about? What were you least excited about? And expectation level one to five, where do you sit? Like, where where are you sitting at now that it's released? Like, how do you feel? Or maybe, like, if you've gone back and watched some of this stuff, like, you were really, like, hyped for and if it met your expectations or not, you know? Yeah, kind of like I was saying, like, does it live up to 10-year-old me's, like... Flight of the Navigator love here. Gummy bear love. Yeah, gummy bear. <laughs> Telling you, I loved that shit so freaking much. <sighs> you know what I love very much, Miranda? I know that you very much love the nerd I candy of the moment. I do. Thank you Thank for you. picking up that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at segues, remember? Um... So I mentioned her earlier, um, but I just wanted to say that Rebecca Ferguson from mm-hmm. Dr. Sleep and from Mission Impossible movies and probably some other things that I don't know, uh, is so amazingly gorgeous. Um, and she has sort of a, like a Stevie Nicks thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, she does. In, especially in Dr. Sleep and... I I just think she's stunning. Like I couldn't get over it, and like she's really good too. Like she's a really good actress. Um, but yeah, I I think that a lot of times, like if you have somebody who is that beautiful as a bad guy, it makes them even more scary. You know what I mean? I kind of like when the bad guy is like super nice looking. Because then you're like, what is going on yeah, here? It's just it just adds to the intimidation factor. You know, someone is just that freaking gorgeous. Um, so yeah, Rebecca Ferguson, my nerd eye candy. What are you thinking, Miranda? You can't um, you can't say Zachary Levi again, okay? I can't say Zachary Levi every time. And I seriously think that my huge crush on Zachary Levi is because him and my husband favor each other so much. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, shouts, shouts, shouts from the rooftop, like, mental health. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's, like, a big, like, supporter of mental health. And, like, he's really big into, like, the essential oils and stuff like I am. So it's like, oh! So, yeah. If I could just talk about Zachary Levi every time, I would. But... Um, I would probably also talk about um, my dear sweet Dean Westchester every time, too. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, okay. Probably. probably. Um, but today, and now I think I do know how to pronounce his name correctly. Um, today, I will get, bring you, once again, if you look him up, it's no surprise that he falls into, I have a type. I have a type. And most of the time, if you take the people that I mention and you put their picture next to my husband's, it's very clear. My type. Mm-hmm. Can't help it. It's just what I've got going, okay? Anyway, so today, um, due to his amazing performance and his badassery in Midway, 
I give you one Edward George Skrain. Edward George? It's Ed, it's Ed Skrain, but yeah, Edward George Skrain, who the most of the people in our listener land will know as Ajax from Deadpool. But. Let me, let me, let me uh, pull that up. Here, I just, I just sent you, hang on. I got this. There, there's his Wikipedia page. And here, here, his picture on his IMDb is just, ho, ho, ho. There's his IMDb. So. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I truly think it's the, um... Ears. way he presents his... It, it, they, yep, you said it. I was not going to say it. I was not going to say it, but... Um, so, mine tend to have the same body build. They're all tall, which he's 6'1", sits right there. Mm-hmm. They're all about 6 to 6'4". Um, they all have, like, a slenderish, but, like, built, like, take care of themselves build, and they all tend to have rather large ears. Yes. It is the My ears. We have pinpointed of- it. Yes, my husband has all, and it's the structure of the face, too, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the facial structure. Um, So, yeah, and oh, he also has a March birthday. It's, like, meant to be. (laughs) And he's English, like, hello. Anyway, um, I think it's the way he carries himself on screen as well. Um, Like I said, he has moments where he's not super cute in Midway, but it's, like, the way he projects the character. Um, And I think because, like, the character, or the the guy, I, I hate to say character because it's a real person, um, the guy that he portrays and plays, like, he was a motherfucking badass. <laughs> um, he was, like, a daredevil. No, apparently, like, the guy that really was Dick Best, he was, like, a daredevil at, like... So they flew the planes that were, like, that would launch the bombs. And mm-hmm. so he was notorious for, like, when he was going out on um, test flights, he would do shit like fly without certain instruments on purpose or wait till they were all the way down at like 600 feet and then like jerk it up uh you know and jerk jerk the whole plane back up because he said and and in one part of the movie he even quotes and he tells like because you know they always had like someone with them that was like their gunner um their back backup pilot gunner kind of deal and he even tells him at one time he's like because because one time you're gonna have to go out and you're not gonna have use of these things and you're not gonna know what to do basically Hmm. So he and and somebody even tells his wife she's like what um, there's a quote about um, that Luke Evans' character looks her dead in the face and he's something he says there's even something even more terrifying about um, a man that ha- flying that has no care if he comes back or not. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so like apparently that's how Dick Best was. Yes, he wanted to go home. Yes, he was terrified of dying, but he also knew that if he didn't get his job done, like other people would die. Mm-hmm. So like like I said, he was he was kind of like a Billy badass because he truly was like he'd wait till the very last minute, drop a bomb, and like hightail it out of there. Like I don't know. So I think it is Mr. Edwards here ability to portray his characters and himself on screen, but I think it's also something like his physicality. I just tend to have that a pull to a certain type of man. I can't help it. Yep, I can't blame you. Can't help it. It's all the more reason that you should see Midway. Yeah. I'm kind of hyped to see it now. Um, We got these really cool pens, too. Like, collector's pens. Really excited about them. And I always 
definitely, um, I knew there was a Battle of Midway movie from like 1979. Mm-hmm. I'd seen parts of it because my dad loved movies like this too. So I kind of grew up watching these. Um, and maybe that's where the nostalgia for them comes is like that connection that I can keep to my dad. Well, yeah. And then of course, being military um, and a lot of my brother and a lot of my brother-in-laws and, you know, it's just a very um, uh, gut-wrenching, real subject in my household. So mm-hmm. I think it, and and I thought it was really cool to take Caden to like legitimately see like, yeah, a lot of people died. <laughs> like, this is real. Like, this yeah. is real. This yeah. war really is. Um, not being like, yeah, look, people die. You know, like, yeah, that makes me sound horrible. But, yeah, all the more reason for you to see this. And everybody else in it is, uh, like, even as old guys, Woody Harrelson and uh, Dennis Quaid and all them, they, they like, I was like, ooh. <laughs> Woody Harrelson especially. He's yeah. got, like, this white hair and they all have the hairstyles which is kind of i think is another thing because my husband keeps his hair like that so they all have like those military 1950s 60s hairstyles mm-hmm. and uh old man white-haired dennis quaid <laughs> and old man white-haired woody harrelson was hot i was there for it <laughs> daddy dennis Daddy. Poor Dennis Quaid character. Uh, Never mind. That'll spoil something. Yeah, don't spoil it. That would. Well, it's one of those things like it's kind of not spoiling it because it's true to history. (laughs) Well, yeah, but most people don't know it. But if you've never researched it or anything, then then it would spoil it. So I just won't. All right. Um, So if you want to talk to us, you can find us on Twitter. I am at Jenny position and you're at mom's a nerd and at mom's a nerd and then let's just go ahead and be real and say that at geek and sassy on twitter is pretty much jenny yeah. so if talking to the jenny position or geek and sassy you are pretty much speaking to jenny mm-hmm. and then on instagram that's all you on geek and sassy I love the Insta, and mm-hmm. our facebook page both for geek and sassy and jenny position mm-hmm. And, um, and if you want to follow us individually on Instagram, um, I actually have our individual um, Instagram handles in our bio to Geek and Sassy over there. Mm-hmm. And then um, just a quick, as we mentioned before, like check out uh, or be on the lookout for our links for Tea Republic and other sources of merch. Mm-hmm. We would greatly appreciate that. And again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to um, our wonderful musician, Noah Britton, for our fantastic theme song. Thank you, Noah. I like it a lot. Um, yes. So, all that being said, thank you so much for listening. And even though we're on a new feed and you love it, you're still welcome for talking. <laughs>